I'm literally squealing with excitement. I just shot milk from my nose. I just blew a gasket. Confetti just blew out of my afro. As I promised last week, here is part two to my amazing interview with Dr. Tori. Listen, we are getting so real. There's so many marriage, mothering, stepmothering, step parenting, uh, being someone's child. There's so many roles that Dr. Tori and I spoke about. I just want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper and thank me later. By the way, I totally would not be mad if you left me an amazing review wherever you listen to this podcast. Without further ado, here is part two. Ooh, that rhymed. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. And, you know, you tagged me in the photo and I was like, Dr. Tori, what's going on in this Yeah, photo? she's like, what's this? What is, yeah, because I was like, I know if you tag me, it's got to be good. It's got to be something pertaining to, you know, what we talk about. And you told me that it was your husband and your bonus daughter. And you shared a little bit about the rough journey toward blending and how it had almost ripped apart your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so this was... Uh, maybe a month or so ago, I believe. And I know a lot can happen in a month, y'all. Y'all already Yeah, it was the end of September. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So go into detail about the photo and just kind of paint a picture. I I I want you guys out there listening to also go and look at it for yourselves. And I'm looking at it. It's just the three of us. It's myself, my husband, and um, Bonus Daughter. Yeah. Okay, okay. And how old is Bonus Daughter in that photo? 23, she's now. Mm -hmm. She's a woman now. Okay. So what's the backstory? (sighs) Oh. She wants well, let me get yeah. my tea. Okay, <laughs> let me, Girl, let me I got mine. mine. I got mine. <laughs> yes. Let me take a sip. Well, um, take a sip. Everybody take a sip real quick because we're, we're I feel like we're going to need it. Even with all of this information that I have, I married a man whose daughter was 18 at the time. We had dated previously, but there was always, you know, some issues with mama and daughter that, you know, I was like, okay, never mind. Um, so mm-hmm. we had yep. this eight and a half years apart and God circled us back around and we got married when she was 18. I'm sure dad thought, you know, she would be good because she's 18. But right. what I began to recognize was she was carrying her mother's emotions, hurts and pains into our household every time she showed up. So she was 18 at that point. So she still had, there was still like a little bit of visitation, I assume. Um, she was, well, she had graduated from high school and she came, yeah, she came to see, hang out with us part of like maybe two weeks in the summer. So yes. Okay. Okay. And then she went off to college, um, which was still in her hometown, but yeah, she would still, and, and the first meeting was cool. She learned a lot about her dad. Like he had a girlfriend back in Atlanta <laughs> cause they live in Tulsa mm-hmm. and there was just this place where they lived in a fantasy, I think. And when he went to Tulsa, I believe that they were a family or it felt like that to her. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so here I walk in and Uh-oh. I am disrupting, you know, the established lifestyle that they have, you know, mm-hmm. they have this established way of flowing. They go to dinner together as a family. They hang out as a family. And then when mom, you know, when charity's done with mom hanging out, they go and do daddy daughter stuff. Mm-hmm. And here I show up and I disrupt that. But I also disrupt her hopes and dreams and ideas that her parents are going to be together at some Never going to happen, girlfriend. And she says that that's not, oh, well, mom says it's not, but you can tell that there's some issues and I'm not going to use any technical terms. She's got some issues in connecting the dots to that. Yeah, yeah. So her, her thought process may say 
Oh yeah, I know, I know. But that subconscious still wants it, still wants it. And mm -hmm. so she would come into my home, Naja, and just disrupt it. That like, energy or just with words? Because, honey, I know that energy that you're talking about. Oh, no, you know, they ain't, they ain't crazy enough to do the words in front of them. <laughs> so they bring that energy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they manipulate dad behind the scenes. Oh. There was one year where she came in, and it was the day before she was leaving. And, you know, in Atlanta, it gets hot. Mm -hmm. it hot Atlanta is what they call it, right? July. It's 100 degrees outside. This is, I'm unbothered because I'm walking around in, you know, tank top t-shirt on a Sunday afternoon. Mm, after we come yeah. from I'm chilling. I don't recognize that it's hot in the house. He comes in from work and he's like, why is it so hot in here? She had turned off the AC girl and then blamed it on the dog. And I was like, that's on the Wait, wait, the dog? Oh yeah. It was like Tokyo did it. So at this point, you know, she's 18. She's 18 years old. She's 19 at that point. Not, okay, okay. I can't even make an excuse for her being a, a child, but, you know, very childlike actions. And I was like, okay. is that intentional or is that accidental? And the more I looked at it, I said, oh, she thought she was going to turn the heat up on the sister. But see, this goes to show you, I wasn't even dressed where I even recognized. I was unbothered. Right. <laughs> Dad so had to come home and see it. And even in that, he didn't, he didn't recognize it. And I was just mm. like, okay, whatever. And I can, you said, this is a pattern. It's going to happen. I can see it already. I'm watching this. Mm -hmm. And now I'm being called about Christmas gifts that I bought. I bought For... a sports bra and some cute paints her way something. How dare you from the mother? How dare you buy my daughter underwear? And you're thinking, what? Okay. Mm. They got garanimals on them. They're not thongs. You know, you're like, you're seeing things start to come up that seem petty. Right. And you're like, but at this point, she was a teenager. She was well, 18, she's 19, in right? She's in college at this point. So that means she and her mother are having conversations like, hey, yeah, Tori or dad's wife bought mm -hmm. me some, yep. um, you know, pink, some underwear from pink or got me some some undergarments. They was from Walmart in a from, from way Walmart. Back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are not fancy. So wait, they have just no lace on sure, Just to make sure I'm clear, she mm -hmm. came into your husband's life when she was already of age? No, they were, no, he's been with her since she was born. But okay. he became a long okay. distance father when she was five. Got it. Mm -hmm. oh, so she already resented you for having him every day. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh yeah. And that's why, so let, me give, so let me give the truth. So that's why I then started to operate in a dysfunctional place. Mm. Because- Let's talk about it. When you show up for only, you know, two weeks out of the summer and maybe 10 days for Christmas, I'm like, well, I got him. 300 and something other days. So I'm gonna just let them do their thing. Mm -hmm. So then I would step away oh at times and do that. Yes. And it was dysfunctional behavior for me because see, here we go. My own daddy issues, although I know, I didn't want her to feel like she was gonna be without her father. So right. I became dysfunctional to help that be whatever it needed to be. You isolated yourself. I did. In, in turn, probably... Yep set forth a domino effect where she just yep. expected you to get out of the way because it's yep. me and daddy it's me you're and not daddy. in this yep oh. and it was my own thing playing out in that in the midst of that and i think that's what happens to a lot of us we become bonus mothers i don't want to call us stepmoms because i don't feel like i'm mm -mm. Mm -hmm. i'm a bonus to your life i'm a benefit i'm a supplement and i'm a blessing and yeah. so i'm like 
Mm-mm. I don't want her to feel any, I want her to always have her dad. He's important to her. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that. I run the fatherless generation foundation. You know, you got all of these labels. Right. You're like, I'm an example. I've, I've changed no. 3,302 <laughs> lives. Like, this is no. me. Right. But why would I, why would I interfere? I don't want to be that. Yes. But it wasn't an interference. It was really me supposed to be, I'm supposed to be a part of her life. Mm. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. I believe things are orchestrated and ordered. There's a destiny. And I believe that how we circle back, I'm like, there's no way this isn't real. And so, uh, she wasn't having it though, Nausea. She wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. And it was very destructive. Um, the attitude and the energy, as we call it, girl, the energy would come and it would stay. And I would have to spiritually clean and naturally clean my house every time she Be- I mean, just beyond sage, prayer, holy oil, yes. Lysol, yes. everything. <laughs> Because they, you don't even. That energy, Dr. Tori, don't talk about. I know that freaking energy that you are talking about. I know what you're talking about. But it's it's an impure energy. And we know that it's not an original energy, right? It's coming from another uh, source of influence. Yes. If you will. Yes. And how do you, how do you say that to your husband about their child? Ooh, how do you? <laughs> How do you say that, Dr. Tori? <laughs> I would say it as, you know, compassionate as I possibly could, or uh. I wouldn't say it at all. See, once again, you're you're trying to figure it out. Naja, yeah. like your books and stuff, they're a blessing to people. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even Charity and I wanting to, that's his daughter's name, wanting yeah. to get information on how do you do this? There are no books out there. Yours are yours is like one of the only ones. And Dang. at one point she was like, maybe we should write a book together. That's how at one point she was cool for a moment. And she yeah. goes in and out. You know this moment where you y'all cool for a spirit. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it turns on you, like, hold on, wait a minute. Oh, you must have made a phone call. <laughs> yep. You <laughs> must have gotten, I said, yeah. Oh, it sounds like you drank some of that guilt, <laughs> some of that alienation. It sounds like yeah. you're being pulled back to the other side and, you know, it takes a kid with a, a, a big old pair to resist uh the parent that's made them feel guilty their entire lives and i will say this most don't succeed most just say oh that's how my mom is that's just how my dad is and yes. then they shun their step parent yes. and you have to live at half staff when they're around and they harm their relationship with their other biological parent yeah and that's where we are because the she time do we, it we were in dallas my husband and I had just come. We were we were separated a month ago. People know, so it's it, I spoke oh. at a conference, and it's oh all of this energy that you're ignoring. She attacked me during Christmas, not physically, but with her words. And I thought she was going to lunge over the table at one point. And I was like, Lord, don't let this girl. I'm gonna hurt her. I'm gonna hurt her. Because <laughs> you was, playing with grown woman strength. Raising up that little girl angry because my mama put some poison in my head is different from grown woman strength. That's what little yeah. girls need to understand. But I also could recognize, and that's why I had compassion. She was still grieving the loss that her parents weren't going to ever be together. And I, I believe because they ran me away the first time when we were together, Mm. they're just constantly trying to run me away. That's why I had to wake up and say, she doesn't want me just to be out for the time that she's visiting. She really wants me gone so she can go back to how they moved before when she was five years old. So that trauma did not, you know, it sounds like that's the beginning. Cause I, I one thing that I've, I've read before they said, you know, 
some people experience a great trauma at a certain mm-hmm. point in their lives. And that's when they stop, stop. Um, mentally maturing. Uh-huh. So it sounds like this was a five-year-old grown woman that you were dealing with, with the maturity. Like she was literally that little girl. She's definitely. Because I don't understand She's yelling between... at you at the cha- at the table. Where was this visceral coming from? Because all you did was buy her underwear and try to be nice to her. I'm sure. Oh, and I buy her lots of stuff. Get out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, girl, I'm just trying she to be nice to you and be a bonus in your life. Why do I hand. deserve this anger? So what's the reason that she says, because there's a lot of people. You didn't give one. We literally asked, I said, have I done anything to you? She was like, no. And we sat down and I said, have I done, like, seriously, have I done anything to you? And she was like, no. And he, my husband was like, well, what's the problem? And she literally yelled and said, I didn't know her before you married her. And how many years has it been at this point? Girl, we almost six and a half, seven years. Get out of here. I didn't know her. <sighs> so you wanted to pick me? You wanted to be in, like, what is this? Uh... And then it became a conversation of disrespect and it ensued. And then it was like, well, do you want to build a relationship with her, Miss Tori? And no, said, I don't. Because at that point, yes. I'm sure she's, oh. oh. Yes. But then, when oh. we, but then when we got out of that situation and started, I'm going to text her. Okay, fine. We'll do that. When I'm texting her, she's not available. But then she's texting her father saying, when are we going to have that talk? When are we going to get together? So I screenshot what she was sending to me to him. Like, that's when you start, you stop talking and you just send screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a game. This is, this a, game. is a game, you know, of, because we are, you know, it's just women. We're women here talking. We know how to play the game. And the the other, some of us use it, our our powers for good or not good. We know what we're doing and that's manipulative. I don't care how you slice it. Manipulation. She's a beautiful young lady. She's smart. However, she has this issue that if she does not deal with it, she will end up in bad relationships or none at all. She uses the conversation. um, Well, men only want sex from me. And that's why I don't, I don't date. I haven't had a date. And it's like, what? All men want sex. Get out of here. <laughs> like, Just what black woman girl, like, horrible manual are you reading? Because <laughs> this is not real. Right. What manual are you reading? Because literally, mm-hmm. literally, I say, and I talk, you know, you and I, just so many different races, creeds, colors, background, ages of women. Mm-hmm. They can all, I mean, we can all pretty much say, I mean, men want sex. They want sex. So. And I'm not going to ask about her personal life and, you know, whether her mother got remarried no. or her mother did some healing. Okay. No. I kind of so this yeah, is kind of the blueprint all together yeah but, this is kind of the same blueprint um, it is and it's you know for me after that picture there was healing that took place I was ministering I was speaking that weekend and there was some forgiveness that I publicly put in in place my husband gave me permission to put about 50 percent out there and I did and it was a healing yes. for me it was forgiving him for the things that had happened and welcoming him back home after mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. separation and then I brought her up Naja, now what I recognize now is I should have asked her like I asked him, but it was also a blessing because that was a moment where I wanted us to become the family that we were supposed to become when we first got married. Right. And so I prayed, you know, while we were up there at the conference and the, the whole conference, when I tell you it erupted, they went nuts because I didn't just say, I forgive my husband. I had one of the leaders of the conference hold the microphone and explain, like gave, I forgive you for this. I forgive you for that. I, for, I yes. spoke what I gave, what I was forgiving him for. I was set up in the first place. I, God told me to speak on forgiveness. I thought it was for the people in the room. 
And of course, he used me as the example. That and, was um, you, honey. <laughs> I saw it in a vision on Friday. I was like, Gee, I just thanks, you, that- you as an example, Dr. Tori. Dang. Yeah. And I was like, you really going to put me on Front Street like this? And he was like, yeah. You are his chosen fruit. My goodness. And I, and I trusted it. And it took a lot yes. to do it. It really did. But then when I called people up to do their own forgiveness, let me tell you what, what was the blessing. My husband and I stepped into ministry that we knew we were called to do from the time we got married. He got on the keyboard and the people came forward who needed to forgive someone. It was half the room. Cause it's a, it's, they were doing social distancing. So there's about 50 people in the, in the building, mm-hmm. um, their social distance. And then when they came forward, they had masks on, they were socially distanced. And so it was about half the room came forward for healing and mm-hmm. to walk in forgiveness and, and to really walk through it. And as I ministered to them by giving them word, I didn't, you know, go through the whole laying on, you know, some people lay on hands. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Forgiveness is yours. And while yes. he played, and we they don't were want COVID to, to be ours, so we're not yeah. going to lay those holy hands today. I'm not doing all of that. No, yeah, not, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I needed the music that he was playing to minister to their spirit, to get them to that place. And it did. And we were able to step into a powerful place ministry-wise and marriage-wise. Mm. That Come was the first somebody. time I felt like a partner. To yes. You said this, my soul, your soul sounds like it felt connected to his. It did. And I felt at peace. Yeah. Um, not because we were ministering together in that, you know, just because of that. It was because it was what we had discussed. It was what we had planned. It was a goal that we had set and we were fulfilling it. And there's that for me, that's important in marriage. Mm. And um, to be able to walk that out, it was Ooh. like, I was floating on for that day. That's so powerful. And that's where that picture comes from. We were at my cousin's. She's like, you guys can come to the backyard. You know, everyone's social distancing outside. So we're <laughs> yes. separated from my family. Even another picture, you see them standing pretty far back. Mm-hmm. But we're in the backyard and we're all together. We have been <laughs> yeah. And um, I put on there, you know, this has, been a, this has been a fight. This has been the impossible fight. But we had some understanding that weekend. And I'll, yes. I'll leave with, so I thought. I believe you did. I believe, you know, breakthroughs are called that for a reason because they're never really easy. You know, you kick down one door and then there's a brick wall here. But guess what? You know, like you said, God has given you the tools to chip away at this next layer. And And, and we did have a moment, I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. So what we thought was a beautiful weekend turned out not to be. Oh, Lord, help me. She was calling her mother behind the scenes. Talking smack. The day of this picture that I'm looking, I'm looking at the picture yes. right now. Yes. Y'all look so happy, Doctor Tori. I mean, I just, everyone's smiling. Oh no! And she waved at us as we went by on our flight and videotaped us. And by the time we landed, I'm on a three-way call with her mother. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> For I'm okay, guys. Am I ever out of words? For what? What is there to talk about, Doctor Tory? What? Well, suppose what, what is, what's there to talk up, about? When I brought her up there, I said that she was broken. I actually didn't say that. Everyone, they watched the video. It was videoed. It's going to be on DVD. I didn't say that. What did you say exactly? I said I am the supplement to your parents. Um, yeah, I said I'm the supplement to your parents. And I said, and what that means is it's not that, that I am perfect. It's not that your parents are perfect because we're all broken in some capacity, but I'm supposed you to- You included yourself gaps. in that. I did. I said, I'm supposed That's to a- fill the gaps that your parents can't because of their own stuff and trauma, right? Very true statement. 
nothing's very, wrong with that. Very true statement. When I said we're all broken, she took that as I'm saying she's broken. You included yourself in that. She is broken, though. Mm-hmm. I am, too. Everybody's listening. Hey, guys, everybody out there, oh, you no, broken? No, 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 no. Her mother, I'm on a three-way, and her mother was like, if you think she's broken, you are wrong. Girl, shut the hell up. If you think she's broken because her father and this and that, he was amazing. Her father abandoned her, right? Let me guess. That's the story. No, he didn't. And she was like, how great he was. And he was this, and and she, he's a great communicator. I said, what are you doing right now? Because he's not a great communicator. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm his wife. He's like, girl. And I'm not trying to be mean because I did affirm him when he made it. Right? He made a statement about, maybe it's because I only see her as a 12 or 13 year old that I'm struggling in some areas. And when he finished his statement, Najra, see, I'm candid on here. I ain't got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. When he finished the statement, while she was on the phone, I said, baby, that's a powerful message. Thank you for seeing it. Like, how awesome is that that you could see? I, I illuminated that and affirmed, her, affirmed him right on that call. But what you're mm-hmm. not going to do is lie to him. You're not going to tell yeah. him he's a great communicator. He ain't. Right, right. Let's, let's, let's... And I was like, what, you, what are you doing right now? I said, if right. he's still great, why aren't you still with him? <gasps> a crickets oh that's right you would be oh that's right <laughs> oh, oh. so okay so now i can see where it all went wrong because you weren't backing down you were not submitting you were not allowing them to continue this pathology of confusion and hatred Mm-mm, i'm not and you i called, you pulled it all out you called out everybody you called out your, your husband you called out everybody because oh, there comes a point, oh. Naja, where you can't continue to be in their dysfunction. They have mm. been dysfunctional from the onset, right? They've been dys- dysfunctional from the beginning. Yes. She comes from trauma. He comes from trauma that they didn't heal from their childhood. That's how they got together. A couple of times I was like, how about y'all go be together? And I'll go back. Mm. I'll see y'all later. All right. Bye. Because y'all got a little toxic soup over there. And I can't, I don't, I'm the ingredient maybe, that is not fit. Maybe that's why y'all supposed to be together. I'm not right. perfect. I've done my own journey of healing because we can we can talk about how I attracted this in the first place. Can we mm-hmm. that's a whole nother conversation? Lord, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> and we're probably gonna have to do it. How do we <laughs> how do we attract this, Dr. Terry? How do we attract this? And <laughs> so I can recognize that. I can go through all of that. But yes. I also know that marriage is meant for healing. And those broken places that we don't heal in our singleness, oh boo boo, you're gonna have to do it in your marriage. And, and it's gonna be hard, marriage, it's gonna hurt. Somebody's watching. You mm-hmm. better do it now in your single life when it's just you. Because Ooh. in marriage, somebody gets to watch you go through that. And it's great because they can support you. But mm-hmm. some of the stuff is embarrassing. Naja, you're like, what? Oh my it God. It really is. And guess the crazy part though? When you're out there healing yourself and your singleness, they might just be waiting on you to come your pretty little cleaned up self here so that they can get you dirty with their own toxicity Ooh. because they've not done the work either. So it's just damned if you do, sometimes damned if you don't. But do the work. Do the work. That's a word, Dr. Turo. Do, do the work. work. So then y'all are on this three-way phone call. And, you know, I can tell that she's kind of spinning the story to victimize yes. her child. Because, you know, yes. it's like if I make my child get to, to get to be a victim, I get to heal them. And that bonds them to me and takes them away from that other person. So what happens at the end of the conversation? Is it a total breakdown in communication? Or do you text this grown woman because she's 20-something at this point and say, tell me why you did that? Because that's, that's really messy. I text her and said... I apologize for bringing you up and I didn't ask you like I asked your father. Um, but I believe we had a beautiful moment. And then I got another call and then another call. Wait. And I had to, oh yeah. <laughs> from the mom or from the girl? 
from her, well he my husband did i i was like i'm not this is your daughter and i'm not an authority figure in her life you guys yeah. really need to do whatever you need to do to get her where she needs to be because because guess what if you don't if you don't do that then mm -hmm. she's going to end up in that same cycle yep. bitter single alone, alone unable to handle her emotions unable to deal with conflict yep. definitely won't be able to keep a relationship like that's what's going to that's the cycle that we see and i'm not speaking negatively over anybody's life no. i mean no, just no, like no. you said it's a, there's a blueprint honey there's literally a blueprint one plus one equals two and this right here equals two it does and at the end of the day i have to and i don't talk look nausea i'm free now so i'm like <laughs> this is the perfect time to get into a podcast because i would normally protect that conversation i wouldn't tell anybody right and i'm like no this is over i'm over trying to portray this image that yeah i'm the ceo and yeah they they have a great relationship and they do right but i'm not going to portray the like i have one with her now i've posted right. a few things that it was challenging like you read in that one mm -hmm. but it's time that she knows that she's out of pocket and she's wrong. You got to own it at this point, 22, 24 year old. You got to own you, it, little sister. You do. And it's hurting, it's harming her in her personal life. It's harming her, her father as she goes through this journey because now he's trying to figure out the boundaries he has to lay for his own daughter. Mm, his baby girl. And that's harmful and hurtful to him. His only child. His only child. His only child. Now well, his heart is breaking. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because she laid it on. Oh, she laid it on to the point where she was like, I don't have any respect for you or Miss Tori. She laid it on. And no, he was I like, say, what is she called you Miss Tori? Like, mm. <laughs> oh, well, honey, you do have respect. I say, yes, you do, little girl. You do have respect for me. Okay, don't. Right. She didn't say it to me. And then she called crying saying, because he said, I'm choosing my wife. You didn't need to know. So then she called saying, he, I'm losing my father. Oh my God. It was all of that. Mm. She has some attachment issues. She doesn't know healthy attachment and healthy boundaries. Now, does this sound like some, not, not this situation specifically, but I'm speaking very generally for anybody that is listening right now, anybody that's listening. When I hear of situations similar to this one that we're speaking of, it sounds like disordered personalities somewhere in there. It sounds like some undiagnosed stuff that's yep. happening. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, and I, again, I don't want to speak on this one specifically, and I, I don't want you to do that. But you know, this sounds like literally you got to go get a diagnosis because if because what happens is there is a cycle of broken relationships. Like you know, people like that don't have good relationships with their girlfriends. They don't have yep. boyfriends. Same sex like like they don't have good romantic relationships. Ultimately, it'll be just she and the mother. The mother. It'll be but just the two of them. But let me ask you, in your work, have you seen that that's what the mothers want? Hell yeah, Dr. Yeah. Story. Hell yeah. my, so happy. I'm talking about, they. but what happens with the children at the end is they live this life of servitude and then they become indentured servants to their yep. mother's trauma. And yep. they're in this, it's like a prison almost. It's an emotional prison that the mother confines them to. And mother grows older um they have a strength if they do find a partner let's just say they do actually find a partner someone that loves them wants to share their life mother's gonna have to have a stronghold somewhere she's gonna have to be able to insert herself in that relationship if she does not i that's when i see a lot of these people 
Mm-hmm. These young people begin to break away. Oh, I have a, that's when they realize they have a toxic mother. So it's not really uh, when they've broken the relationship with the father and disrespected yeah. dad's new wife. Yeah. Nah, it takes more than that. It takes, oh my God, my mother is harming my own new relationship. So it's, it's just like a cycle that it happens. But some of them find partners that also subscribe to these, um, this mother that, because they, they too, like you yeah. said, they were parentified. They too had mothers just like this. And so they don't know this is not normal. And this don't let not- them find one who looks at it and goes, this is, I would look at it and go, this is something's off about this. Something's and- right. This is not natural. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be at the, like the conference that I, I'm going back um, next week. It's been a three month thing for mm-hmm. social distance pur- purposes. You don't want to be in a room with people that's that spiritual. Because yeah. trust me, I got calls afterwards that were saying the very thing. There's some personality. Oh, what's going on with that? There's this and that. There's some attack. People were like, uh-huh. there were therapists in the building who are ministers. Therapists that are ministers. So those spirits that y'all say, well, she got the devil in her. They can say, no, nah, baby, that's narcissism and a little touch of bipolar. Come on. That's, yeah. what, they, that's what they're going to say to they're you. Gonna, yep, they're going to diagnose it. In they're going to give you that demon that lives within your co-parent a name. <laughs> and yeah. it's in the DSM. Okay. And in the Bible. Yeah. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> and that was, that's the beauty of this conference. I'm not promoting the conference, but I will tell you the beauty. Uh, tell is, me about it. Tell me about it. It sounds like bringing, we all need to be at this conference. They're bringing mental health the mental health conversation to the church. Oh. And so they have clinicians Ooh. and they have um, apostles and prophets who are up there and we're all working together to bring healing um, to oh, people. I'm coming. When is it's it in Dallas. It's in oh, Dallas. I'm coming. Oh, baby, baby. I'm going to bring, I know some <laughs> saints that need to, some saints and ain'ts that need to come on with me, honey, to this and right it's, it's a beautiful, intimate group of about 50 each time I've gone. Because yes. um, they want to keep it, once again, it's COVID. So right, they give right. you a mask when you get in. It's all, you got your own personal hand sanitizer. Like they're keeping mm. it where you can't. And you only sit two at a table. Hopefully two people you know. If you don't know the person, it's just you at the table. Okay, um, okay. And they're doing it on purpose to ensure because uh, there's too many suicides. And this, this minister felt like she was just, she was like, people are committing suicide because of the hurt um, and the harm or the, the issues of not having... Um, social activity or spiritual activity mm. and she's right because that when i was beginning to do my research it was like oh people are hurting because they can't go to church like that's a place where they get positivity and encouragement right. cbt right in a fun way right right and you're that not was getting a it lot in. of people's community that's yep. all some people have and when right. you don't have that it's, it's suicide after suicide and she was like I can't live knowing that some people need this. Some people can watch it online, but other people, yes. you some need people need this. to be, they need yeah. to feel it. They need to feel yeah. the presence. And that's what that. she's put together. And there are therapists in the building. But once again, there's therapists, prophets, apostles, evangelists, the fivefold ministry working with therapy. So this is something that uh, people can watch online any, any time. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah. like with this podcast, you know, people are still going back to episodes from two years ago. So right. You know, like, is, is this, do you have a link that's just going to be up and stay up? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it's on Facebook. Yeah, okay. Facebook Live. So yeah. I'm going to share it in the uh, description of, yeah, of this I'll find it and podcast. I'll get it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. But it's so, been a powerful thing to do. I helped yeah. my first session um, in August. I helped people identify their daddy issues. Like, do you have them? Ooh. And half the room was like, I was like, how many of you didn't know you had daddy issues before I talked? And it was half the room raised up. They're like, wait. And I'm going to tell you this, doctor. I have a very present father. I mean, my parents have been married 43 years. I just I see your beautiful picture. You see my, you see my, I, I mean, I just, 
I just had my mom and dad on my podcast earlier this week, you know, I, but even I have daddy issues and dad was there every day. Cause guess what? I was raised by uh, just a human. He was just a fellow from Memphis, Tennessee that happened to fall in love with Nancy and they made me. <laughs> These folks were very imperfect, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, it, it, daddy still didn't have to be absent for him to give you issues. Yeah. Cause Lord, those present ones give you some issues too, Lord. They do. Mm-hmm. And if we could admit that part, we would be better. Yes. And dads don't get offended when your children have issues because you didn't do some of the stuff you know you needed to do. You right. maybe you didn't know. I need to provide. I need know. to do this. So you become the provider. You become that person, right? Right. You don't give them the emotional stuff that they need. And right. each child is different. Don't have multiple children because they all need something different. Who and you know how yes. to do it. That is so true. But, but I remember my dad. Yeah. They enjoy the conversation when the child approaches them and says, this is what I needed from you and I didn't get it. Mm. It's okay. So how do I give it to you now, baby? What how can I do I now? Say it. You know what? That's, that you, as you mentioned earlier, ego. Dr. Shivali, you know, I probably mentioned her every other podcast. And she said that parenting is one of the most egotistical roles that a person can have. Mm. And, you know, because that's a statement and a lot of parents were pissed when she said that. Uh, rightfully so because she was right she wasn't lying you know in my own adulthood in my own healing process you know i i just i was like okay do i go to my dad and tell him all these things that he didn't do or do i remind myself of the things that he did do do i do the work within myself and then you know part of your own self-work is saying i was raised by two little memphis kids (laughs) who had no clue what they were doing My, my daddy grew up in the ghetto and my mom was uh practically raised by a single mother because my granddaddy decided to leave when grandma had the seventh child mm. by him and so you know it's just like looking at their circumstances made it a, a lot easier for me to show compassion and understand yes understand because dad told um he was talking to my husband one day he was like you know tony back in my day he was like a man you know he said i was responsible for everything he said wife gotta eat Baby's got to eat. Hell, even the dog's got to eat. And who's got to provide it? He was like, it was, you know, it was me. And so I appreciate that about my father, that he was a worker. He was a provider, you know? And so, yeah, it's fine. And the emotional stuff, I eat just this morning, you know, just watching how he looks at me. I was like, that man loves his little girl. Oh, you know, and just, but still, still there were issues there. So we got to really look into ourselves saying, okay, what, what is it that I think that I'm missing that was already there, but they didn't say it in, in my particular language? Yeah. Oh, good one. In my, in my particular mm-hmm. language, mm-hmm. because being a 31 year old who thinks she got it together, right. she got, it, she got some stuff, who <laughs> thinks she got it together. And you had your own language at that point. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part though, for me was realizing I had become a daddy's girl. Oh gosh. Right. <laughs> Oh my God. We're, we're grown. We got a girl. We, I, yes. I got this. But then you become a daddy's girl and it just, it changes how you move. I'm telling you. You feel like you, you have the layer of protection around yeah. you. Oh, there it is. You yeah. couldn't walk up to me and say anything to me anymore. You probably right. couldn't do it before. I might've entertained <laughs> you a couple of times, but yes. you know, I was, I was, I, once again, I didn't enjoy my single life as much as I could have. I enjoyed it, but I could have enjoyed it more. Um, you know, that's probably for the best of Dr. Tour. Cause it could. I, I probably have about 10 baby daddies <laughs> if I enjoyed my single life. Come on. You know, like, 
Yeah. Well, that's what I was protecting, right? Making yeah. sure that didn't happen. Yeah, that whole armor of God is some call it. Woo, girl. Uh, and it other things. Me. As they say in the church, it kept me. It um, kept me. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dr. Tori, I told you I was only going to hold you for 38 minutes today, and I think we've gone well over that. But I do have one more question. <laughs> one more question, though. So, yeah. where where is it now with your with this beautiful young lady who, I, you know, I'm just a sucker. I guess I still hold out hope. But hope. Where, where is it now? What happened? Um, I've set the boundary of I'm not engaging anymore. Yeah. And I'm uh-huh. allowing the parents to deal with what they need to deal with. But I'm also the person behind the scenes here with my husband saying yes. you have to set clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let up on you like I've done before. There are boundaries you have to set. You're going to have to do the work to get her to who, who God has called her to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to, I don't want her to have doom and gloom. I want mm-hmm. her to be the best individual she's called to be. But if we don't train our children, if we don't teach them when they're wrong, they have to own it and they have to, you know, say I'm sorry on some Ooh, level wee. and you don't just get to move through life hurting people and just acting like and call two weeks later like nothing happened that doesn't mm-hmm. no 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 no. I don't do that in my world it's no time to warm that's up not healthy the girl draws on and let's handle this situation and um so now you know he doesn't know but there's a book coming called boundaries <laughs> for children um I cannot wait till that comes out please yeah. when can we get that in our hands is it yeah soon? I, yeah I, I he he needs this he needs this boundary work when it comes yes. to her so many men do yeah gosh so because many i'm probably gonna have to have you to come on uh my private you know i have another pro- podcast it's just for stepmoms but mm. that's, that's such an important topic i'm gonna have to ask you to come back yeah. and just talk to my group privately about helping these fellas these fathers set boundaries especially you know when your children are under the influence of an unhealthy co-parent or someone that's stuck yeah, and there's certain there's a certain relationship you're just not going to be able to have with these kids, and that's a tough pill to swallow. At least not now. Not right now. See, not now. I'm no. not. I, look, I want you to have it, but you have to do the work so that you're whole. So that then, when you present in her life, there's a there's clear boundaries. But you just can't come into my house and run amok. I'm done mm-hmm. with that. It ain't yeah. happening, baby girl. Mm-mm. That ener- look, as you call it, because it is. It's a full energy. That mm-hmm. energy is done. Yes. And as stepmoms, look, bonus mom to bonus mom, because I see your pictures. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to, to, to step into that place yeah. and love children that didn't come from you. And yes. I, let, me, let me be clear, because I didn't say this. I love this girl. I love this young woman. Yeah. I love her. But I love her enough to pray for her healing and her wholeness and then to give her the path to get there. And right now, me, I'm disengaged. I will tell yes. you, she, she can't call my phone. She cannot engage me on social media. Mm-mm. That's smart. That's smart. That's a very, I mean, that's an, a, you know, as a grown woman, you know, it sounds like you're parenting her without directly parenting her. You are teaching her this yeah. lesson. And like you said, you know, while she's on the journey to becoming the woman that God has called her to be, I firmly believe that God has placed you in her life yeah. just for this very, one of these very reasons. Well, I hope that is true. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to receive that and accept that. I know that. it's true. I know it's true. I know, I, know true. I was put here. I said it earlier. I know I'm supposed to be here for her. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. But if people don't receive you, we have to get to a point where we don't get upset when they don't. The, absolutely. You I, know what I, I just got people... a vision of, Dr. Tori? Mm-hmm. You know Go how you're, you're bowling? I just closed my eyes and I just saw this. You're bowling and that bowling 
you know, you think you're going to hit a strike and then there's a pin right there in the middle of the bowling lane and your ball hits it. And instead of going straight, it knocks it all the way left. Mm -hmm. I kind of, that's what feel like that's what some of us bonus parents are. Yeah. You know, we're here to knock you off that path of the cycle of continuing your mother's failed relationships and the cycle of single motherhood and bitterness and unhealed trauma and undiagnosed mental illness. Like we're literally here to make you face that. And not everybody's going to make it. Not most of them, I'm sorry, are not, but there are some that will, and that will become better in spite of they they'll think in spite of, but just because they had a person like you standing right in their path and saying, Hey, I'm here. You got to acknowledge me. Yeah. And I'm going to say this because I feel it in my heart. Just because you're a stepmother or a bonus mother, whatever you call yourself, you don't have to let children from a previous relationship run over you. That's not showing them love. Mm. We have to stop navigating it that way. And I see a lot of women who do that. I do. Mm. And I've done it. That's not how we really should be showing these children love. No, because we're teaching them what love looks like, right? And that's not love. That's not love. Yes. I'm present. I'm present. And what if, and then she could marry into a situation herself and be a bonus mother, right? Because that's the world we live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now she can look back and say, you know what, Ms. Tori, she she taught me some stuff, Mm -hmm. even if it was indirectly. Even if she never acknowledges it to you, she'll tell her therapist, like, you know what, I had a stepmom and I was kind of cruel to her. Yep. Mm. I'm so, look, I'm so good with me. She never has to say that to me. Yeah. Oh, she, Dr. Tori said, I'm so good with me. Mm-mm. Let's all focus on getting good with ourselves. Yeah. Dr. Tori, you laid so many quotables <laughs> down here. You know, I think I got like a year's worth of me. Oh my God. Off of this, uh, <laughs> this time that we spent together. Can you tell everybody exactly where to find you? How do they get all this love and goodness themselves? How do they find um, you? You can go to tfgf.org or you can go to drtory.com and you can get all the love and feels you want from there. You can follow me on Instagram. I am Tori J. And then I do um, a segment called Healing Tuesday every Tuesday night where I coach people to um, connect the dots to their pain so I can send them the therapist so that they can get the healing that they need from their childhood trauma, especially their father, fatherless journeys. And so, uh, you know, follow the Fatherless Generation Foundation on Facebook. We do some uh, do amazing lives on there that I'm very excited about. And Naja, I'll have to bring you on to that. So I that am can... so happy to come on. You know, yeah. I, you know, my honey, listen, you know, I Miss Naja has opinions for days. <laughs> but I would just... Anytime, Dr. Tori, and especially uh, when I'm in Dallas next time, because uh, yeah. is that where you live? No, I'm in Fort Lauderdale now. I'm between Atlanta and okay. Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have the, you can come on down to Fort Lauderdale, this beautiful beach weather. It is 93 I degrees. sure, I sure we, in the heck will. Listen, it's not you takes invitations. Look, we are blocked from the ocean, girl. Come oh, down. That's where I need to be. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Tori. And thank you to everyone out there that has taken the time out to listen. I know you got a pen and pad. Please share this podcast, like it, make sure you subscribe. And we will see you next time on I Know I'm Crazy, Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Naja Hall.